0: I wanted to share with you a little bit tonight about praying the names of God, praying the names of God. And uh, I got this book, and honestly, I got this book after I'd already prepared everything. <laughs> but this is a fantastic book by Tony Evans called Praying Through the Names of God. Tony Evans, Praying Through the Names of God. And it's got, uh, I mean, it's, it's an easy read, probably 40 chapters, but they're all just a quick one or two page devotionals as you pray the various names of God and you learn a little bit about who he is and his character through the revelation of his name. And so let me just encourage you, if you want to do more of this, pick up this book by Tony Evans, Tony Evans, Praying Through the Names of God. And so um, tonight I want to talk to you briefly uh, just about prayer. And, you know, prayer is the most critical element that leads to our growth and leads to blessing, leads to maturity, leads to sanctification. And yet, unfortunately, sometimes I'm afraid prayer sort of gets pushed to the back burner of our lives, right? It's easy for that to happen. It happens in my life. I have to be super diligent to remain focused on keeping my prayer life where it needs to be. And uh, I would say God, by his very nature, is a giver, right? And we're going to talk about three names tonight before I get getting ahead of myself here. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. And Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And so God, by his very nature, is a giver, right? For God so loved the world that he what? He Gave right, he gave his only begotten son, and God holds out his hands and says to all of us, "Ask and it shall be given; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be opened." So that's what God says to us. Jesus said that, right? Ask and it shall be given; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be open. Open. And Jesus also said in Matthew seven, um, "If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children." How much more so shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask Him? And so God, by His very nature, is a giver. And yet, in our own poverty and powerlessness as a Christian, we find the explanation for that uh, when the Apostle James, the brother of Jesus, all right, this is Jesus' half-brother. He was a pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and uh, Jesus would say, um, you have not... Because you ask not, right? You have not because you ask not. And then he goes on to say, when you do ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you're asking wrongly. You're asking to uh, spend it on your own pleasures. And so God says to us, you have not because you ask not. So when we have needs that go unmet, God says, you have not because you ask not. When we have children that are far from the Lord, you have not because you ask not. We have difficulty finding work. God says, you have not because you ask not. We have financial needs or health needs or relational needs. God says, you have not because you ask not. Now, obviously, we all know that we have to pray in accordance with God's will, right? That's a given. We all understand that. And we also should understand that in our praying, our goal is that God is glorified, right? That's our goal. Praying according to God's will praying that he is glorified. But tonight I want to encourage us to do more praying using the various names of God. And I want to walk us through praying the name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Now when you pray the name of God, you're accessing the character of God as it relates to that name, right? Now there was a commercial that was on a few years ago and it had this uh, easy button Remember the commercial had the easy button, it was a red button, and you'd hit the button and you'd go, would go, that was easy, right? Uh, well, God, praying the name of God is not an easy button where you just hit it, you mash it, and it makes a sound, and suddenly everything happens, right? That's not the way it works. But we're accessing God, and we're learning more about His character, and we, we pray in that way, and it all has to do with His will, His glory, and His plan, and so let's start with a familiar story, the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jehovah Jireh, right? And so you know this story. Uh, God has given Abraham a son in his old age, right? His only son. He has one son, and that's Isaac, right? Well, the only son of promise, let me put it that way. I'm not going to talk about Ishmael, but we're going to talk about the son of promise, Isaac. And this son was going to be the birth of a nation, Right? And this nation was going to be great, and he was going to, it was going to be a great blessing to the nation, but also a blessing to the entire world, right? And then we find this in Genesis chapter 22. And after these things, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, here I am, he answered. And then he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So what did Abraham do? He got up the next morning, saddled his donkey. He put the wood on the donkey. He had the fire. And he and his son Isaac and a couple other servants, they could start traipsing off towards the mountain. And as they're on their way, Isaac says to his father, "Uh, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Right? You remember that? And Abraham answered. He said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And then they kept walking on together. And then they arrived at the place where God uh, told him about. And there Abraham built the altar. He arranged the wood. And then he bound his son Isaac and placed him on top of the wood. I can't even imagine the process of that, right? Can you just imagine the process of that? And he began to take the knife, and he was getting ready to plunge that knife into his son's body. And as he started to do that, the angel of the Lord called him and said, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the child. For now I know that you fear me, and you have not withheld your son from me. And then Abraham looked up, and he saw a ram that was caught in the thicket, and he took that ram and uh, offered that ram on uh, the altar, and God Uh, received that burnt offering of that ram, and Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. So God provided um, for that offering. And don't you know that God had that ram to be born five, ten years earlier, ahead of the fact that he needed that ram. That ram was born And lived on that mountain probably for five, ten years. And he had that ram going up the other side of that mountain at the very moment that Abraham and his son Isaac were going up the other side of that mountain. That's the kind of God we have, right? He's already working towards providing that ram even while we're on the way up. And we don't know what's going to happen. And so we just need to think on that for a while. So when you have a need, there's a principle there. When you have a need in your life, God's already... On the way to meeting that need, right? He's already on the way of meeting that need. And the issue here was that Abraham had faith that even if God asked him to stab that knife into his son's body and to burn his son's body to ashes, God would be able to raise that boy up from ashes into life again. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God we have. This is the kind of God we have. We have a God that can make something out of nothing right? God said, um, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be earth, and let there be water, and let there be the animals. You know, God makes something out of nothing. He has no problem with that. God can bring water from a rock, not just once, but twice. God can rain down manna from heaven. God can turn bitter waters sweet, like at Meribah, God can drop quail right down in front of your doorstep. God can split the Red Sea, and God can stop up the Jordan if he wants to. God can multiply the fish and the loaves, and God can give us living water like the woman at the well. We have a God that can provide anything and everything that we need. In fact, Even more so than that, 1 Peter says he has already given us everything pertaining to godliness and life. We already have it. It's ours. As his child, it's ours. And we just need to get to know him and to pray to him as God, Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord, our provider. So if we have a need in our lives, we can call upon him, Jehovah-Jireh. And he'll bring us into revelation of himself as our provider. He is our source. And if you've been listening to Pastor Brandon over the last few weeks, you know, he's been talking about how the Egyptians, they thought the Nile was their source, didn't they? Right? And God says, oh, no, I'll show you who the source is, you know. God's going to take out the Nile and turn it red to blood. He's going to take out frogs. They, they worshiped all these false gods, these false deities. And they thought that the Nile and all those deities were their source. But God says, oh, no, I'm the source. I'm the source. God is our source. And so God wants to get us into a position where we know him as Jehovah Jireh. And if you've walked with the Lord for very long, I suspect, um, I suspect you've come to know him in that way. Fantastic verse, Psalm 37, 25. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. I hope that you know him that way. The second name I want to talk to us about briefly is um, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. And, you know, today more than ever, we're seeing people with mental health issues. And let's face it, life can be very hard. Can I get a testimony? Life can be tough. Life can be tough. I was watching my news feed a few weeks ago, and there's an article in there about how students, school students today, high schoolers, college students, are facing more mental issues today than ever before. And they're not doing well. They're not doing well at all. Many of our students today are suffering from anxiety and fear, as well as issues related to self-worth and image. Uh, Suicide rates are up. Mental health issues are on the rise. Uh, You know, I hear stories of kids that are cutting, and I don't get this at all. Why would a young person cut themselves? It just makes no sense to me. But students are actually taking sharp instruments and cutting themselves. Um, adults and kids are using drugs to push away the mental anguish in their lives. And let's face it, sometimes, loved ones, we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. Anybody ever between, been between a rock and a hard place? I know there's more than a couple of us, right? And uh, it's tough. Psalm 60, verse 3 says, You have shown your people hard things and made us drink the wine of confusion. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were just confused? Confused about, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? What on earth are you doing? Right? It's tough. It's tough. But it's in those times that we need to get to know Jehovah Shalom, God the Lord our peace the Lord our peace and uh, it deals with the call of Gideon in judges chapter 6 let me read this to you now the angel of the lord came and sat under the terebinth at oprah which belonged to joash the abezrath while his son Gideon was beating out weed and a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Now, here's the situation. The Midianites had been harassing the children of Israel. They'd been doing all kinds of terrible things to them, stealing their crops, beating them down. They'd been under this terrible oppression by the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord, and most, I think most scholars believe this would be like an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. I don't think it'd be far uh, away to be able to say that. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. (laughs) And Gideon says, who? Me? You're not talking to me, right? Right? Gideon says to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening? Right? If God is with us, like our fathers have told us, why are all these terrible things happening? Yeah, they're, they're beating us down, they're, you know, stealing our crops, they're doing all kinds of terrible things to us. The Midianites are in charge, not us, right? And uh, he says, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Did I not send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? I'm nobody, right? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. In other words, I'm the runt of the family. I got no power. I'm the smallest, and our family is the least important in the whole clan, right? And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I've found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Don't depart until I come back. And so Gideon goes into his tent, and he prepares this big offering of a meal. And he prepares a goat and unleavened cakes and all kinds of stuff. And he brings it out to the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, take it and put it on top of this rock and pour the, the, the broth over it. And the angel of the Lord reached out with the tip of his staff, In his hand, and he touched the meat and the unleavened cakes, and fire sprang up from that. And uh, fire sprang up and consumed everything that Gideon had brought out at that time. And then the angel of the Lord vanished. Then Gideon perceived that he was uh, the angel from the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And then the Lord said to him, Peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And the Lord can speak peace into any situation you and I ever facing. He can speak peace into your health. He can speak peace into your finances. He can speak peace into your mind and your heart and your spirit. There have been times I've laid in bed at night, not being able to sleep at night, and I've quoted Isaiah 26.3. Let me see if it's up there. Yeah, there it is. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God gives us perfect peace. So we just need to call on Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Ask him to give us his peace. Isaiah 9.6 We read about Jesus being what? The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. For unto us his child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When we have worries on our minds, we need to call on Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And we must remember that peace is a person. Right? Peace is a person. That's a person of Jesus. And the person of Jesus can give us peace in the midst of our storm. First Peter five seven says we're to cast our cares or our anxieties on him because he cares for you. Right? And so that tells us that we are to cast our uh cares upon him, to just lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Right? And the word cast means to throw down. Throw down your worries. Don't carry them around, right? We tend to carry our worries with us, don't we? We pick them up, and we carry them with us all day long, every day, and, we just carry, and they weigh us down. But we need to lay those worries, lay those cares at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew, Do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body and what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your span of life? If anything, we're taking away... uh, Hours and days from our life because of all the worry that we carry around. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, um, knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then verse 34, I love this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble in other words lay all those things at the feet of Jesus lay them at the feet of Jesus cast down our worries and our concerns and let Jesus speak peace into our situation Jesus speaks peace to the wind and the waves of our lives i was watching uh, an episode of the chosen how many of y'all are watching the chosen my wife and I, we love that. Connie especially. She's watching it over and over again. And they had a documentary last night where they demonstrated how they did Jesus walking on the sea. It's amazing. I encourage you to go on YouTube and look for that 20-minute little video. It shows you how they built this big, you know, monstrous pool of water and got that water to move up and down and put the boat out there and put Jesus out there on top of something and he could walk on the water. It was just Amazing how they did that. But Jesus did it without all the props. He just did it because he's God, right? And so Jesus Jesus speaks to the wind, and he speaks to the waves of your life and my life, and he says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. We need to get to know Jesus as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, and we need to get to go know Jesus as Jehovah Shalom the Lord, our peace. Now, the final name is one that I'm becoming more and more familiar with in recent days, as you might imagine, right? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And you know the story here as well. It's uh, back in Exodus, and uh, we've just, Pastor Brandon's been teaching about this. And you know the story, God has sent all these plagues upon uh, the children of uh, uh, the people of Egypt. And uh, now the children of Israel are in the wilderness and they are thirsty and tired, and they're wondering, well, just what's God going to do with us, right? Is he going to bring us out into this wilderness just to let us die of starvation or thirst? And uh, they were concerned about about that because they'd seen all those those crazy things uh, um, Things that God did to the Egyptians. So then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. And therefore they named it Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses. I know none of us have never done anything like that. And uh, what shall we drink? They said. And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, and here's the important verse, "'If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians.' For I am the Lord, your healer, Jehovah Rapha. And so God is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. And he's able to do that. Psalm 41.3 says, The Lord sustains him on his sickbed, and in his illness you restore him to full health. That's Psalm 41.3. And I would just say this, that all healing loved ones, is from the Lord. From the tiny scratch on your hand, to your bones, to your body, to your organs, all healing comes from God. All healing comes from his hand. And we have some doctors in our church, but I believe God uses those doctors in a beautiful and powerful way. We have nurses in our church. God uses those wonderful nurses and staff, but really all healing comes from God the Father. And something we don't talk about very often, but really ultimate healing comes from him as well. Ultimate healing comes from the Father. So when we pass from this life into the next, we are instantly healed. There's no cancer in heaven, right? There's no sickness in heaven. We are instantly healed the moment we pass from this life to the next. So even passing from this life is healing. And, I, you know, we don't preach a lot about that. You know, if I were to say to you, uh, you know, if I were to say to you, you know, God, uh, Jesus is coming back and we're going to meet him in the air, well, we can get excited about that, can't we, right? We sing songs about the second coming and, and Jesus' return and we get all fired up about that. But, you know, the second best thing that can happen to a believer, right, The second best thing that can happen to a believer is that God sends a death angel to come get us. I had one amen on that. All right. Come on now. The second best thing that God can do to any believer is he sends a death angel to come get us. Right? Because it's just a doorway. Death is just a door. We walk through that door and we're in his presence. Our last breath on this earth, our next moment is in the presence of Jesus. Right? And and the psalmist David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It's just a shadow. Now, you've heard me share this at at funerals, if you've been to any that I've led. But if I'm walking down Main Street, and I'm walking on a sidewalk, and a city bus jumps the curb and hits me, I'm going to be in a hospital for a while, right? Broken bones and no telling what else. And it's going to hurt. But if I'm walking down Main Street on the sidewalk and a city bus drives by and the sun is is situated in such that the shadow of that bus passes over me, I won't even know it. I won't even feel it. And that's what death is. It's just a shadow. It's just it doesn't touch us. It's just a shadow. We walk through the doorway of death, and God sends his angel to come get us and take us home and be with him. That's the second best thing that could ever happen to a believer. The first best thing, I guess, would be to be caught up in the air with him, and I guess most of us would vote for that, right? (laughs) But the second best thing that could happen to us is that God sends his angel to come get us. Come on home and be with me. All healing is from the Lord, and ultimate healing is from the Lord. In the New Testament, Jesus was known as the great physician. And throughout his ministry, people would come to him, and they would ask for healing, and he would give them what they needed. He'd give them healing, the healing that they needed. Even the early disciples offered healing to folks. You know, Peter came up on a crippled man, and and he wanted to be healed, and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. Rise up and walk. So even the early disciples... Where we had the power of God on our lives to offer healing, and God doesn't necessarily offer us healing this side of heaven, right? Sometimes He gives us healing on the other side. James, the brother of Jesus, encourages us in this way: James, chapter five, verse thirteen. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? gone out of business. He is still working, still able to do what God wants to do in his sovereign plan. And he is able to do the healing that we need. And I just want to give testimony. Um, You know, I've been on my, my cancer medicine for about two weeks and went to the doctor two weeks ago and did blood work. And he said, well, your blood work looks great. I mean, just after a few days. So I'm just saying, Jehovah Rapha is working overtime, and he's able, right? Now, he doesn't always do that for every person, but he is able, and we want to give him praise for that. And so don't be afraid to to ask for God's healing, because he's able to do that. And uh, get to know him as Jehovah Rapha. Praying the names of God helps us understand his character, and when we know him, personally as Jehovah Jireh, we'll know him as the Lord, our provider. When we know him as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace, we'll know him that way. And we can know him and he can be our Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Amen? Amen.